Have you ever wished that you could have lived in another period of time in history? Or perhaps in another place? I certainly have done that. There was a time when I kept thinking, oh, I wish I could have lived in the 1930s in England. But I saw a scripture in Acts 17 which tells me that God chooses the exact places that we're going to live and the exact times we live there. It's Acts 17, verse 26. I'm reading from the New International Version Bible, the original translation. He, God, determined the time set for them and the exact places where they should live. I don't like living in 2021. I don't like the society that I see when I turn on television. I much prefer the 1940s in England. Maybe not in England. They were doing the Blitz at that time, but certainly in the 1940s. I much prefer that type of person. There were the same sins in the 1940s as there are today. But they weren't out in the open like they are today. They were hiding and doing their sins. Now they want you to approve their sins. But after I saw this scripture and believed it, and believed that God really places us exactly where he wants us to live in the exact period of time that we live, after I saw that scripture, I quit wishing that I had lived in another period of time because I do believe that scripture. God determined the time set for them and the exact places where they should live. I believe that. And I believe he put me in this exact time, though I don't like the situation that I see at this period of time. He put me in this period of time. Look what's available to me in this period of time. I know we're approaching the end times and the return of Jesus. The Bible says, exhort one another and even more as you see the day of the Lord approaching. That's Hebrews 10.25. Also in Hebrews 3, there's a scripture which says, exhort one another daily. I have exactly the right tools to do these two scriptures because today we have internet and the blog and we have podcast. And God showed me by a dream to start the blog in the year 2012. And God showed me by a dream to do podcast. And he also gave Pam Padgett this word, podcast. I was considering going back on radio. And one day Pam told me that when she awoke that morning, she heard the word podcast. And she looked it up to see what it was. We didn't even know what it was. This was in February 2020, February 2020, I think. We didn't even know what a podcast was. 
She thought it was just some silly thing that kids do. But she said that she heard the former Dallas quarterback Troy Aikman say that he had just made his first podcast, and she thought, well, maybe it isn't something silly. Then God gave me a dream concerning starving kittens. Starving kittens were everywhere. They were at my front door. They were in the garage. Some kittens were at the point of death. Kittens usually play and jump around. These kittens were starving. They couldn't even move. Some of them were just lying there at the point of death. And I said to God, what are all these kittens? There were even kittens in my garage. What are all these kittens? And I was reminded of baby Christians who are starving to death because they're just not getting enough meat at their churches. And they're at the point of death. And I knew it was confirming to do the podcast. So... Pam found out technically how to do it. We went out and bought a good microphone, and I started recording. Since that time, we've done over 400 recordings. Because I record daily, almost daily. We broadcast daily. Sometimes I'll record a couple of podcasts a day, but we do broadcast daily. And the devil will say, you talk too much. The Holy Spirit says, Exhort one another and even more as you see the day approaching. Hebrews 10.25 So I have to make a choice between the thought of you talk too much and the other thought. But we have tools today that are perfect for me. We've published books on Amazon. We have over 12,000 writings that we have done since the year 2012 on on our blog, Jesus Ministries Exhortations. We have more than 400 podcasts which are available to people. One day, when President Trump was still president, and I think they had just taken him off Twitter or closed his, wouldn't let him, broadcasting or speak anymore through Twitter and he was very concerned and I walked away and I thought oh what if they take away and close my Twitter account and I was reminded you don't have a Twitter account then after that I thought well maybe I should get a Twitter account and I prayed and God confirmed doing Twitter so we do that also all of these things go all over the world instantly We don't have anything we have to pay to do blog. It's free. Podcasts cost us, you're not going to believe this, this is an incredible story. Podcasts cost us $100 a year, (laughs) a year, to do podcasts. We pay a podcast host $100 a year. Twitter costs nothing. It's an incredible time. All of this information goes all over the world instantly at really no cost to us. So I can just sit here in my bedroom 
and record these podcasts that you're hearing right now and write the blog. So I'm at exactly the right time, at exactly the right moment, to present exactly the message from God, which is getting the church, the real church, the born-again church, getting the church ready for the return of Jesus. Encouraging us not to fall away, because Jesus said in the last days, he said this in Matthew 24, because iniquity will abound, the love of many will wax cold. I believe that to be the love for the word of God. It will wax cold, and they will say, oh, what's the use? What's the use? What's the use of speaking this message? They don't listen to me. Well, to speak the message, take a scripture like Hebrews 10.25, exhort one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. And Hebrews 3, which says, exhort one another daily and do those scriptures. Because <laughs> the devil will try to get you to go the opposite way from God. If you have the word of God, you speak the word of God. The Apostle Paul told Timothy the following. Second Timothy chapter 4, verse 2. Preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. Be instant in season, out of season. You'll be somewhere and you'll be talking with someone and the Holy Spirit will remind you of a scripture. Share it. The Holy Spirit will remind you of something God has done. Share it. That's being instant, in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. I've had people say to me, Oh, don't speak that message. Speak those good messages. Well, see, no message is good unless God brings it to your attention to speak it at that moment. We don't speak of ourselves when we're a real minister of God. We speak according to what God wants spoken, and we know what God wants spoken because the Holy Spirit in us reminds us of things, and we speak those things. One time I was with my Church of Christ aunt, my favorite aunt, and the Holy Spirit said to me, tell her about being taken into heaven. Oh, I didn't want to do that. A Church of Christ member and I'm going to tell them about being taken into heaven? But I've been disciplined by God and trained by God, and I knew that was the Spirit of God speaking to me. So I yielded to the Spirit of God and began telling my aunt about being taken into heaven. It happened shortly after I was born again. I was transported into heaven in the night, I was with God, with Christ, with the Holy Spirit. I saw no images. It was a spiritual experience. 
But at that time I was merged into the body of Jesus, made one with Jesus, the Word of God. God and the Holy Spirit witnessing. Two or three nights after this happened to me, the same thing happened a second time. The exact same thing. As I told this to my aunt, a dreamy look came on her face. And when I finished speaking, she said, Something like that happened to me once, and it was all golden. She'd had the experience of being taken into heaven also. (laughs) That Church of Christ member. She most likely never told that to anyone but me. But by my telling it to her, she was provoked to tell it to me, that she had had that happen to her once. You follow the Spirit of God doing what he says to do, saying those things that he wants. At one point, God began saying to me, the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God. All day long, one day, I heard those words. I didn't know what it meant or what was going to happen. A few days later, God reminded me of something that had happened concerning a big-time television minister. And I knew it was a sin, what he had done. And I knew I would have to communicate it to him. And when I couldn't get the message to him, God showed me a passage of scripture. Alexander the coppersmith did me much harm. Beware of his words, says Paul. And I saw that there were times that you have to name a name of a person and tell what they've done. So I was on radio from coast to coast at that time And I told the story because I couldn't get it to the minister. Well, then it reached the minister. I know it did because the two radio stations that he owned that I was on, they put me off the radio instantly. (laughs) I mean, immediately my broadcasts were stopped. So I knew the message had reached the minister. The message was to Jimmy Swigert. His ad agency, which was at one time my ad agency also, The agent told me Swigert was their client, and he wanted big audiences. He only had about 500 people at that time coming to his meetings, and he wanted much bigger audiences. And they said, well, it's really quite simple. He was a country western type singer. They told him, they said, cut back on that preaching. Don't preach as much and sing more. Entertain the people. They'll come to your meetings. Immediately, thousands of people came to his meetings. The message I had for him, stop entertaining the people and go back to preaching. Sometimes you're going the wrong way and God will send a prophet to you to bring you the right way to go. That's simply the work of a prophet. So Paul said to Timothy, who was an evangelist, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word, be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers, having itching ears, and they shall 
turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned into fables. They will not endure sound doctrine. They're going to gather to themselves teachers that tell them what they want to hear. I'm okay, you're okay, God loves you. Certainly he wants you to remarry after divorce. What does the Bible say? You can read Matthew 5:32. You can read Romans chapter 7, verses 1 through 3. You can read the scriptures. You can type in the word divorce and read all the scriptures in the New Testament and see what God has to say about it. What does he say about homosexuals, lesbians? You can type that into the Bible, and you can find out that, or you can just go to Romans chapter 1, verse 26. For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections, because even the women had basically relations with other women going against nature. I'm paraphrasing. And the men lusted after other men, bringing the wrath of God upon them, basically, is what it says. One time, one of those men who was at that time called, he was a Catholic pope, and he got on television, and I heard him say, well, I don't see anything wrong with being a homosexual. And I screamed at the TV, what about the Bible? I'll read the exact scripture to you. Romans chapter 1, verse 26. For this cause, God gave them up unto vile affections. For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another, men with men working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error, which was meat. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. What about divorced women remarrying? Matthew 5.32 They had come to Jesus asking him about divorce and telling him that Moses said to give the woman a writing of divorcement when they wanted to divorce her. Jesus answers them in Matthew 5.32, But I say unto you that whosoever shall put away his wife, saving for the cause of fornication, causeth her to commit adultery. And whosoever shall marry her that is divorced committeth adultery. A man in our church group, I'd heard that he had filed divorce papers against his wife. I called him and I said, did you file divorce papers against your wife? He said, yes, I have. I said, well, is she committing fornication against you? No, no. Is she unfaithful to you? No. The only reason that you have as a man to divorce your wife is if she is committing fornication. I gave him Matthew 5.32. Apparently, he studied it and he withdrew the divorce proceedings that were in the court. Jesus says, But I say unto you that whosoever shall put away his wife, saving for the cause of fornication, 
causeth her to commit adultery. She will go out likely and remarry and commit adultery by remarriage, the faithful wife. And, but you as the husband will be the cause of her adultery and whosoever shall marry her that is divorced committeth adultery. The man who marries a divorced woman commits adultery. 1 Corinthians seven ten and 11. Paul says, And unto the married I command, yet not I, but the Lord. This is a commandment of the Lord. Let not the wife depart from her husband, but and if she depart, let her remain unmarried or be reconciled to her husband. And let not the husband put away his wife. Verse 39 the wife is bound by the law as long as her husband liveth. But if her husband be dead, she is at liberty to be married to whom she will only in the Lord. And some preachers will say, we don't go by the law. Well, they're just trying to throw out what Paul said to the New Testament church. We don't go by the law of Moses and sacrifice animals, but we do go by the commandments of God and the laws of God in the New Testament Bible. Paul was speaking to the New Testament church. The wife is bound by the law as long as her husband liveth. But if her husband be dead, she is at liberty to be married to whom she will only in the Lord. 1 Corinthians 7 verse 39. Romans chapter 7. Start at verse 2. The woman which hath an husband is bound by the law to her husband so long as he liveth. But if the husband be dead, she is loosed from the law of her husband. So then, if while her husband liveth, she be married to another man, she shall be called an adulteress. But if her husband be dead, she is free from that law so that she is no adulteress though she be married to another man. The Apostle Paul said at the time of sexual intercourse, the two become one flesh. How are you going to separate one flesh? You're not going to do it by a divorce paper. How do you separate one flesh? Really, the only way you can separate them is one of them is going to have to die. So the wife is bound to the husband so long as he liveth. Concerning the two becoming one flesh at the time of sexual intercourse, you go to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Paul says this to the men, warning them to flee fornication. Start at verse 15 of 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Know ye not that your bodies are the members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them the members of an harlot? God forbid. What, know ye not, that he which is joined to an harlot is one body? Even if you have sex with a prostitute, you become one body. For two, saith he, shall be one flesh. Flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body, but he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. Fornication is a sin unlike other sins. Whether it's a man or a woman committing fornication, it is a sin against your own body. 
and you become one flesh with that person at the time of sexual intercourse. It's not a matter of you have birth control now so you can do what you want. You become one flesh joined by God as one flesh. You're going to ruin your life. So this should be taught to young people. It's the only thing strong enough to help them. We had a woman in our church group who was raised Baptist. She signed a vow at the Baptist church when she was a teenager not to have sex until she was married. She went out and had sex before she was married. She became pregnant. Then she married the man. Then they had another child. Then they divorced. Then she wanted to marry another man. And apparently at the Baptist church in those days, they were taught that after divorce, they couldn't remarry. The women couldn't remarry. She was apparently heard that at some church. For she took her fiancé and went to a pastor and asked him. She said, I'm a divorced woman. Can we remarry? And the pastor said, well, I don't see anything wrong with it. Well, my sister divorced and remarried? Sure you can. Again, what about the Bible? They just throw out the scripture. The Catholics and the Protestants. In order to do their own thing. What Paul said to Timothy by their own lust, they will heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they will turn from the truth. In her case, she wasn't even born again. After she married this man, she became born again. And then she wanted to read the Bible. So she began reading the Bible, and she saw all these verses of Scripture, which I've read to you today. And she saw she had committed adultery. And he had committed adultery by marrying her, a divorced woman. And she was furious with this young pastor who had told her it was all right to do this. Because she saw, she saw by the Bible, she had committed adultery as a divorced woman when she remarried. And the man who married her committed adultery. She told me this story, and she was still angry with this pastor. But the Holy Spirit said to me, well, wasn't she already having sex with him when they went to the pastor? And I said, weren't you already having sex with Edward when you went to the pastor? She grew deathly silent. And she said, yes. Well, it kind of makes it a moot point if you're committing fornication and you go and see if it's all right if you marry. I mean, this is really silly. But, of course, she wasn't born again at that time. But, see, she was still angry with that pastor after she was born again. And God was going to give her a chance to give up her anger against the pastor now that she was born again. Because when we see we've done wrong, we're usually not any longer angry with the other person. As we go through this life, we are led by the Spirit of God. We are led by the Scriptures through the Spirit of God. We are corrected by the Spirit of God. We are corrected by the Scriptures. And we set ourselves in agreement 
with what God has said to us by his Spirit and in the Bible. Because the Spirit of God will not teach you something opposite from the Bible. Because he is the Spirit of truth. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that which he hath done, whether it be good or bad. Agree with the scriptures. For when you agree with the scriptures and go in the direction of the scriptures, you free yourself from sin and you will have no reason to be ashamed at the judgment seat of Christ. For we are judged by the scriptures, whether or not we agree with them and do them. Thank you for allowing me to speak with you.